White Hot Magazine, one of the world's leading platforms and institutions for contemporary art. Visit us online at whitehotmagazine.com and follow us on social media. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Noah, how are you? Excellent. Um, so today it's Lady Caroline Radish. Is that how you say your name? Do you prefer Caroline? Um, I prefer Caroline. That's fine. Or Lady Caroline. Lady Caroline. Okay. And um... an AI artist, is that what I gather? Or maybe you could tell people a little bit about what you do. Yes. Um, I am an artist that works in AI. Um, but I also do painting and writing and poetry. Um, but I've found that AI has been pretty much a godsend to me creatively. And for people who have no idea what we're talking about, can you explain AI a little bit? Yeah, AI is basically um, a way for a computer to take um, information that you give it and work within its means to create something of its own based on the information that you give it. So it's artificial intelligence, pretty much. So it's, you're using it to make images? Yes, or you can make video. Um, in the NFT world, that's pretty much what people use to make images, um, more or less. Um, there's a lot of projects called um, generative art, and that's mostly created with artificial intelligence in some way, way or another. So generative art and artificial intelligence are kind of like together in a certain way? Yeah, I'd say so. Hmm. Um, because when you're creating a group of 10,000 images, you know, the programmer puts in the values that they want and then the outcome of it can be uh, kind of neat or kind of controversial. Um, I've seen some generative art that's come out unpredictably bad. <laughs> Like, so it's a, is it a surprise or do you actually, I've never done it, but is it a surprise or do you watch the thing being built? It's actually a surprise. And, and I think that's what's the funnest thing about it. It's almost like a dopamine hit because it's like, it's like kind of like having a conversation with someone where you, like, you know, when you're falling in love with someone or something and you tell them something and then they tell you something very similar back. And then you say, wow, that's really cool. And then you, it's like the AI can sort of read between the lines and sort of, it's like a mirror. Hmm. And so who are, I've had some generative artists on here, um, like IX Shells and... I think Claire Silver is an artist that uses that technology. Yeah, she does. Are there any other artists that you could you could say that you like that use that technology, especially in NFT? 
Um, I like Polaris. He's not too known, um, but he makes shapes um, with the AI. Polaris? Polaris. P-A-U-L-U-R-S, I think is his name. But, yeah, I think right now in the NFT space, um, it's very hit or miss to find artists that really stand out with AI. I know Claire Silver does. Um, I love her work. Um, But for the most part, it's sort of like a new thing in terms of art for the art world. Um, you haven't seen it used in this way before, is what you're saying? I haven't until the last year, no. Right. But don't they kind of, like, when people are making 10,000 item or 17,000 item collections, aren't they kind of using AI to generate all the different variations? Or is that a different process? It's the same process, I believe. Um, I think... When, I mean, I I think it depends on the developer, but I think, like, for me, when I create AI, I'm working one-on-one with an image, and they just create a batch with numbers, and it it just comes out as whatever it comes out as. Right. And I saw something that you made that almost looked, like, painterly. Is most of your, I haven't seen a ton of your work, but I looked at a few very closely and it almost looked like kind of a Monet or something, but, but there was this other kind of aspect to it. Um, is, would you say most of your work is painterly or you have, or do you also do things like collections? Um, most of it is painterly. I started working on a project that is about like little dogs that are, they sort of look like um, walruses. And I made those with AI and they're kind of funny and cute, Um, but there's only a hundred of them. Uh And those are not very painterly, but I'm more drawn to the ethereal um, sort of beautiful aspect of what AI can create. Right. So, so you're, the dogs that you're talking about, is that a collection that you made of 100? Yeah, around that. Um, and that, is that on OpenSea? I'm actually going to try to mint that on my own smart contract. And for anyone who doesn't know what a smart contract is, that is where you mint directly to Ethereum or Sol or whichever um, contract you're choosing. And the buyer gets to buy it and they usually don't know what it is until it shows up into their wallet. Okay. So, so you're, you're doing, you're trying to do your own smart contract and, and what is, why, what is the benefit of doing that? Well, no, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of controversy right now surrounding, um, just you know rights of ownership of your art like for instance if you mint on um, a certain website 
Uh, what if the website goes down? It could at any moment. Mm. And I know in the NFT world, there's a lot of people that are, including myself, that are doing this to be decentralized in terms of um, art, art being free, essentially. Mm-hmm. Free of the the Facebook, Instagram, major centralized websites. Is that is that the idea? Yeah, free. Like, for instance, for me, um, I used to have some of my art in galleries, and I used to um, sort of dabble before in the art world. And um, there's a lot, and I, I love galleries. Like, I love them, but there's, um, it's a lot of physical labor. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, because you paint mm-hmm. and... <laughs> Um, it's very subjective and um, basically with NFTs you can take um, complete ownership of royalties and so if you sell a piece of artwork and you can put your royalties at 10% and you have it on your own contract those royalties will forever go to you no matter where you are and Mm -hmm. if you put them on a bigger website which could be like the equivalent of an Instagram or a Facebook. What happens if that goes down like MySpace? So you're thinking of, uh, is MySpace still online? No, I don't think, I mean. Did they take it offline? Yeah. There's a site that I used to go to that I think it was called the Wayback Machine or something where you can look at vintage, you can look at your own website from years ago because I've been running whitehopmagazine.com for 16 years and you can, you can like, um, you can see um, what the website used to look like. Oh my gosh, I love that. You can see I... Facebook in like 2007. Wow, that's, that's useful. I don't know how much functionality, I think it's almost functional, but I'm not sure. But, but yeah, you can see all of those sites back in the, back in the day. I think it's kind of interesting the the idea of um, technology like vintage technology. Yeah. Oh, can you elaborate on that? Like I've looking at a, looking at a website from like sixteen years ago or something. Oh yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels um, when you think about vintage technology and like NFTs um, or that sort of world because the technology is so bootstrapped that it almost reminds me of um, AOL or, you know, Yahoo back in the day where it's just the wild west basically where people could just actually maybe make it. What generation are you, if if you don't mind me asking? I'm not, I'm kind of like on the cusp of Gen Y. I'm 35. So yeah, I'm I'm fairly, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call myself old or young yet. I don't know what you Well, I didn't, I I usually don't ask people their age, but unless they want to divulge it, but that's interest. I mean, it's such a generational kind of thing. 
But then if you think about the NFT space, it's like people are talking about how five months ago was like early. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What is your favorite aspect of the NFT space, if you don't mind me asking? Because I know you were so involved in it. I was really involved in it in back in March. I'm when did it actually start sort of start really blowing up into something that a lot of people were involved with? Yeah. Maybe back around there. I'm not a I'm not an NFT historian. I got kind of uh accidentally pulled into it through some different people and then um sold some NFTs for a lot of Ethereum and then I started meeting other people and it just sort of kept it. It, it was, it's an exponentially expanding thing because it's a, obviously a very new community. But one thing that I do like is that people recognize that white hot magazine was one of the, the first art magazines. Well, maybe the first uh, major art magazine that really took the space seriously and, and promoted some of the people involved in the space or made, we made an NFT cover, which, you know, I hate making grandiose claims, but it's just sort of truthful claims. But to answer your question, I think what I like is that the actual, the people are sophisticated. Uh, a lot of them have money and don't mind collecting art of all kinds. And I find that they're not just limited to, to crypto art and NFT, they actually appreciate painting they appreciate art magazines. Yes, yes. Um, I think I, they get stereotyped as being as being uh, uh, digital artists who don't care about traditional art. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, performance art um, on Twitter where um, that's, I guess, where all the NFT people communicate is ironically Twitter, um, but there's like a performance art aspect where you have to appear to be this laissez-faire, like we're just winging it, you know, when really, no, there, there are a lot of sophisticated people in the back of those avatars that pretend that they're right. really right. <laughs> ridiculous. You're somewhat, you're somewhat of an avatar yourself, like you're somewhat not you're partially anonymous you're not completely anonymous but um how do you feel about all the anonymity where somebody obviously somebody who has who isn't active in the nft space is going to be listening to this and going what in the world are they talking about but <laughs> to catch people up um most of the nft collectors and most of the nft artists are active on twitter um, even more so than Clubhouse and definitely Instagram and Facebook are kind of like old hat to NFT people. Um, what was my point, though, Carolyn? I think, I think your point was um, the anonymity of it. Right. Do, Why do, do I... you prefer to be partially an anonymous? Well... First of all, my actual last name is um, very long and right. very, my real last name is very long and complicated. <clears throat> oh. um, 
It's Eastern European. And actually, Radish is the shorthand version of my real last name. Um, I feel like there's comfort in the, the anonymity where I'm going to probably sound insane saying this, but in the metaverse or whatever, it's sort of like having a dream where you're sleeping and you're dreaming and you make friends. And some of those friends can really express their selves in this um, sort of like cartoon imagery where you can joke around with them and um, uh, become friends with them. But it's um, almost like to this whole nother psychedelic level hmm. where there's not so much judgment um, placed on you based on your race, age, um, demographic. So it's, it's also kind of mysterious. And I think people are drawn to mystery. I would agree. Yeah, because if, if you're just sort of implying things, you know, you can read up on things. Like, for instance, I hate to say this, but I had a friend who um, finally doxed himself. And well, there's a few. What does that mean? Showing showing his identity. Yeah, showing your identity online in a world where everyone's anonymous, pretty much. And that's kind of why I decided to be half anonymous because if people can see me, they won't be totally disappointed if I ever do show my face. You know what I mean? Because like I don't want them to think thoughts of me that aren't there entirely. But, but for instance, with this, this person, I was like, oh, the mystery is gone. I'm disappointed. And I think it's just like a human desire. Well, definitely Banksy was cornering the market on the anonymous persona. Now it's like he has uh, competition in that area. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's almost like the masquerades of um, Italy or even like the French Revolution or French like um, royalty where they wore masks at balls. And, you know, you can court with each other and flirt and and there's no real threat. (laughs) Well, I'm not anonymous, so I don't have that. (laughs) I know. But I can flirt with anonymous people who can then laugh at me from behind the curtain. And you know. <laughs> no one's laughing at you, Noah. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um. So, do you know Banksy? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's like, peop- You know, I was in a clubhouse room, and I was going to say that I'm in a show with Basquiat and some other artists. Or whatever, or Damien Hurst, or, you know, it's just like, one of the things I, I have enjoyed about the NFT space is that people aren't really that hyped up about name dropping and, oh, I did this, or I know this person, or whatever. It's all kind of, it's very sort of in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. People are, are kind of about the community as opposed to a, kind of about this hyper 
hyper celebrity culture that's been permeating the world before the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like there is almost like an anti-celebrity vibe that I have been getting um, from that space that you're talking about, like huh. uh, where people, I guess they've been struggling and they just want to have a good time, like right. at the end of the day. And so like they find NFT Twitter to be a sort of like an escape and where they can be in control of their lives because everyone lost kind of a lot of control. And huh. so they're owning it. They're like, nope, I'm planting my flag. I'm saying this is my art and these are my friends and we're going to goof off. And it's our clubhouse, like literal right. club. It's like, and so when someone comes in, like that's got any sort of real world clout, you know, they're kind of mistrustful a little bit. They're like, are you going right. to take away our clubhouse? <laughs> right. So, yeah. I, so you think somehow I've transcended that and I haven't been treated that like sort of the real world celebrity that is, you know, met with suspicion. Um, but... I think that's because you come in and um, you're not telling people what to do. Right. <laughs> you know, like you are right. a celebrity, but you're not saying okay well well is... the, the concept of celebrity in in this era is kind of splayed and is sort of a ever-changing conversation wouldn't you say yes i mean there's the the harry styles getting hit in the nuts by a flying bottle level of celebrity or the um Gigi hadid being chased by paparazzi celebrity and then there's cultural celebrities that 98% of people have no idea who they are because they think Justin Bieber is a cultural icon. <laughs> Although I, I, I'm not going to slag Justin. I do like some of his music. Yeah, me too. Oh. His, I mean, he's evolved as a, a person I've seen and, and I can't mm -hmm. knock that. And I'm not just joking because like I do get my peaches out in Georgia and <laughs> you know. I get my weed in California. Yeah. <laughs> he, I have to say he's he's made some catchy music for sure. He's made some oh, catchy. yeah. So um, let's stop focusing on other things. I wanted to talk to you about your art a little bit more. Um, okay. What inspires you as an artist? I'll ask you a very corny general question. You know, I was thinking about that like the last few days and... Um... It just dawned on me when I was outside smoking a cigarette. I was like, I was in an art society like right before the pandemic hit. And it was a very small art society, but um, it was in a basement. And I was, um, before that, I was a writer. And but, um, I felt like those were my people and my friends. And they had a underground space where we all were anonymous to begin with because the first 10 people that were invited got to have this huge banquet and we all drank out of a skull and then we um shared art after mm -hmm. a three-course dinner and it was about if you didn't like the art at the end of the sh the thing 
you would have an a gun, you know, like one of those like mm-hmm. things you get at the party store, and you would shoot them. And the entire time I was at the society, no one shot the gun because no one hated someone's art. It was a very like beautiful, inspiring thing for people to just be creative and um so that's where a lot of my art comes from is from those days of the people I knew then and and stuff like that um but recently, um I feel like we've been in like the resurgence of the roaring twenties mm. where there's a lot of funny money and, you know, rich people and um, a lot of culture. And I think that's kind of how I started in NFTs because I sort of picked up on that and was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I'm just going to see where this goes. Mm. So let's take a minute uh, before we finish um, because we're approaching 30 minutes. Um, to tell people how to find you and find your work. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter. My name is Caroline Radish, like the vegetable. Um, And all my links are on there. Um, I'm on Foundation and OpenSea, but that's right now that's where I'm living. Mm -hmm. More so on Foundation with nfts um more so on OpenSea because um it is frankly easier to mint on there mm-hmm. are you on uh OpenSea as lady caroline radish um caroline radish caroline radish yeah. and what's your most recent collection that you want people to really buy and share and know about um, it's called Ladies of Mystery, and they have their own Twitter, um, and their own collection, and there will only be a hundred. And so far, some of the collectors are, um, they're pretty darn cool people. Claire is a collector, um, she has a Lady Grumpy. I have a Lady Grumpy. There's only five Lady Grumpies in the collection, and... Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the art blocks of, of basically art inspired by women, by me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arizona Ice Tea has one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's lots of people who have been buying my art lately, and I'm very excited about it. Excellent. I'll have to buy some pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to buy yours too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's been an honor talking to you. I know I don't sound very... Um, genuine when I say that, but I'm I'm telling the truth. It's uh, it's great to meet you, and um, have a excellent day. And and everybody look for her work. Thank you, Noah. Good talking right. to you and being here. Thank you talk so much. You. Okay, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.